I felt like I came back to life. I felt that traveling showed me a whole new world. I had a gigantic backpack when the only thing that you have is what you can fit in your backpack and you realize you don't need all the other stuff. That was so freeing. Midlife ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. So our guest today is Helen Ryan, who has a walking podcast, which I think is a super interesting concept. So she is your exercise coach and she is coaching you through the podcast. Wow. So there's exercise music in the background. She's telling you to speed up your pace, slow down your pace. I think it's genius, right? Because a lot of us listen to our podcast while we're walking. Right. Why not get the benefit of the coach in Tell our me ears, how to walk. <laughs> telling me how to do this shit. But- not only does she have a walking podcast, she's also an author. She's authored three books and she did it all because like our listener at age 51, she was freaking burned out, exhausted. I know I can raise my hand and say that I have felt very much the same way. And so really at this point in life, she just threw caution to the wind and put pretty much every single thing that she owned into storage and became what she likes to call a digital nomad. And Damn. this is so cool because it was like a reboot for her life, right? Right. Is there anything this bitch has not done? <laughs> right. And, you know, I hear so many, again, women in midlife feeling like they hit this brick wall that Helen did, that they're stuck. They don't know who they are now. They don't know what brings them joy. They've really just kind of forgotten. Have you ever felt that way? All of the time. So, I, I mean, for me, it's like, holy shit, this whole life that I've lived, uh, for example, goldfish crackers. How many times have you purchased goldfish crackers in your life, mother out there? Right, and right. I came to realize, <laughs> like, you know what? I've been eating goldfish crackers my entire um, child's life because I thought I liked them. But no, he likes them. I don't even fucking like goldfish <laughs> crackers. It was so liberating to finally stop purchasing them. So this is what I love. This is what I love about Helen is that she has the affinity to try on this new persona and just to get out there and figure the shit out. She's been a fitness instructor. She's been an author. And now she's trying on this new pair of shoes with this nomad lifestyle. And honestly, I think she's still figuring it out. I think she is still figuring it out. And I think there is a great lesson here for all of us, that trying something new is a first step in finding yourself. For sure. And so, you know, here's the thing about the goldfish cracker. <laughs> like, once you realize that you didn't like goldfish crackers, then you stop and ask yourself, what do I like? What do and I you, like? And so we all. I like pita ourselves. crackers, bitch. Pita. Pita crackers. Pita crackers. <laughs> duly noted. But you know what I'm saying? Like, we get to this place in life. We we finally realize, damn, this isn't me anymore, but who am I? Yeah. And so part of the process for figuring out who we are is to try new things. 
So that's what our guest today, Helen, does. She tried on a bunch of different personas and she's here with us today to talk about her journey in doing that and what were her experiences. So ladies, we're here to talk with Helen about how she put the first foot forward so that she could try on these new personas and do something different to figure out who she is today and what brings her joy. Trinity was able to figure out that she likes pita crackers. How did you figure out how you like pita crackers? I stopped buying fucking goldfish crackers. That's how. <laughs> exactly. So ladies, we're putting a challenge out to you this week. Doesn't have to be anything big like selling everything you own and hitting the road, but do something small this week that is something new that you've never done before That's to right. see if you like it. And then leave us a review and let us know what you tried this week that was new. We can't wait to hear all about it. We can't wait to hear all about it. And now let's talk to Helen. Let's go. So Helen, welcome to our show today. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. This is going to be fun. We had some fun before we started. Yes. <laughs> all right. So yeah, girl party in the house. We like our unapologetic girl talk. So let's That's right. dive right into the conversation because I would like to know a little bit more about this idea of being a female nomad and Trinity and I, number one, I love to travel. I, I would fancy myself a little bit of a nomad. I think that's my ultimate dream in life. I've traveled my entire career for both work and, and play. I traveled out of college with an international performance cast for a year. And it's just a passion of mine. It's how she so, got the nickname Jazz Hands. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Jazz Hands. I like it. Oh, you people can see me now. Um, <laughs> yes. So I would love to unpack that a little bit and learn what brought you to this point where you just decided to throw up your hands and hit the road. It was desperation. Mm. And the thing is like a lot of us don't make change until we're desperate. You know, we stay in a bad relationship mm. or a bad job. And I was so burned out because I was running my, I have a digital marketing agency. I was running that. I was raising two kids. I was working side hustles as a spinning instructor and a personal trainer. And I was working all the time. Wow. And, and it was Southern California is so expensive. So I just, I finally got to the point where I just like, I was so desperate for change. And because I'd been, I knew that I, I would end up at some point in Thailand because my sister lives there. She runs, uh, she actually founded an animal welfare center mm. on a small island. And I'd been there before. And I knew at some point. We would, we would get there on the journey and I was just, I was desperate. And then I just decided to, just, I had to go. I had, I couldn't take it anymore. So when my lease was up on my house, I told someone, I think on a previous podcast, if you want to rent out your, if you want to sell your house, you rent it to me and then it'll sell right away <laughs> because the two last places I rented both sold, you know, and then I had to move. So I just put everything in storage. Now for part of the trip, I brought my kids. Um, they were, my daughter graduated high school. And so then we took off and then they went home because I call myself last Viking standing because I was raised in Norway. And then I spent oh, wow. the rest of the time traveling by myself. It was just, it was wow. pure desperation for a different life. Wow. That's amazing. And so tell us, tell us a little bit about the story, the adventure of how you went on this trip and I think really, you know, and we were talking earlier, so disclosure to everyone out there, we do talk ahead of time a little bit, but you were sharing with us, you know, how it was part of your reinvention yeah. and you had 
as you said, become burned out. Girls, raise your hand if you're there. Raise your hand if you are living in the burnout zone, right? Yeah. Right. What do we all say we want to do? Damn it. I want to run away from home. I want to run away from home and I want to go join the circus. That is literally like my my cure all. This is what I'm going to just go join the circus. Everything will be fine. But it's, you know, you did much better than the circus, Helen. Kudos to you. Um, How did you use travel to help jumpstart, kickstart your reinvention? We'd love to know about that. Well, it was interesting because travel, actually, I feel like it brought me back to life because I was Mm. so negative. I'm not a negative person, but I became so negative because of all the things in life that was just too much for me. And I just was like negative and cranky and everything's wrong, blah, blah, blah. And then when I started traveling, even though it was hard because we had a very limited budget Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, sometimes I would make really dumb mistakes travel. Like we're in London and I ran out of money. So it's like, we had to stay up all night (laughs) and book a ticket using a skyscanner everywhere to find the cheapest place to jump to from London with the cheapest Airbnb. And we did, I did some adventures like that. But it was just, I felt like I came back to life. I felt that traveling showed me a whole new world. I had a gigantic backpack and I had my little laptop bag when the only thing that you have is what you can fit in your backpack. And you realize you don't need all the other Mm. stuff. You don't need Mm. these expensive plates. You don't need the fancy car. You don't need designer shoes. You know, you just, just, and if you wanted to buy something, you have to throw something else out. Just that was so freeing to realize wow. I don't need the stuff. I don't need the stuff. You know, it was amazing. And that really helped me just get a whole new perspective. And I would, I just felt like every new place that I went to just, just seeing history firsthand, I purposely went to Auschwitz and Birkenau because mm-hmm. I wanted to see for myself the whole, the whole history. And you realize how lucky you are, you know, yeah. when and where you're born and just seeing history firsthand just really made me appreciate life so much more. Oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. I have so many questions bubbling up inside my head. The first question that's really coming to mind, and I know you mentioned this sense of desperation for a new life, but I find a lot of women, even in the space of desperation, have a hard time even just taking that first yes. step. Uh, we, we, we stay in desperation for too far too long because we feel stuck. We, we tell ourselves stories. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. We, we can't possibly leave our children, our lives, our family, our neighbors behind. So what was the catalyst for you? How did you get beyond stuck and even just make the first step? I think when I was, well, when I was younger, I ran, I lived in Norway. I moved there when I was seven and then I ran away from home three weeks before I turned 18. So that was oh, my wow. first leap. I ran from Norway all the way to Dallas, Texas. Wow. And I worked for Brahms ice cream and dairy stores. And I had no idea what was like, where's yonder? What's it, where, where do you want me to go? What's going on? Where is yonder? So that was like my first big jump. Um, and then, you know, I, I did a few things, but I think I got stuck in the the day to day. You know, I let myself kind of be beaten down who I really was. What I like to tell people is like, kind of like when you reinvent yourself, you kind of go back to who you used to be like way back when, when we were younger and we had all this hope and passion before life beat us down. 
Yeah. Right. And I just, I just became that person. And I, I just, so I, I had made a few leaps and I've done with my career, with my job, I've done some things like randomly, like start a podcast, um, just random. Oh, let's just start a podcast. But I think it's just, I think for people, they need to start with something small. A lot of people are afraid to take a big step and I don't blame them mm. because you don't know what's going to happen. But if you start with little steps of things that make you uncomfortable and you don't die, and you realize, yeah. you know what? I, I can take a bigger step. It's slow steps build that confidence to just yeah. do something. I love that. I love that. Now, thinking about that, uh, what would you recommend are some good small steps for people to take? Now, me, as as many of us know, you know, I I was crazy and just like I'm going to jump on an airplane and go to Ireland. That was like my first step. But there was a lot of of um learning and my own follies and foibles and all of the other F words along the way, except for no fun, no fun F words, by the way. Um, so where do people start? What, what are some of those small steps? Maybe, maybe give a good example of what you've talked to other people about doing or things that you've seen them do, or even some of the small steps that you took that started you on your way to where you are today. Well, one of the things that, so back in the nineties or eighties and early nineties, I was a fitness instructor. I taught step aerobics and, and back way back, I taught high impact. I was all like, you know, really determined, be fit. And then after I got married and I ended up having kids, I stopped working out for over 15 years and I gained almost 90 pounds. So after my father mm-hmm. passed away in 2003, I just, I didn't, I, I didn't try to lose weight. Cause I thought, oh, I fail so many times. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, cause I was so hard on myself and everything was bad and wrong. Don't forget <laughs> at that point in my life. Yeah. And I just started walking the kids to school. And so that was like my first like reinvention was when I started to take little steps. And I, I did, um, I just started walking and then I eat. I like to tell people I was a vegetarian who did not eat fruits or vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of junk food, brownies, ice cream. Mm-hmm. And then, so then eventually I, within 10 months of doing that, I lost 80 pounds and I started spinning and I just, and eventually I got certified as a personal trainer and a spinning instructor. So those were my side gigs. That was the first thing that kind of brought me to life. Cause when you're in front of a group of people, and you can interact with them and you can bring them the best hour of their day. It's like, it's so magical. And when people say, when you feel bad about yourself and you feel like everything's wrong and someone, some, like an attorney is coming to class and afterwards they go, oh, great class. Or a teacher's like, wow, that was a great class. Like you feel this whole sense of, oh my gosh, I'm worth something. I'm, I'm more than somebody's mom. I'm more than somebody's wife. You know, I'm, I can contribute yeah. these people like me. And that was my first, my first step. So I think, cause you know, I get side now, I just went on a big tangent. Um, I think the first thing is to start, you know, like to start something small. If, for example, let's just take travel. So if I think a woman could try, a woman, female can try to go on her own, just, just a small trip, you know, and just try to get out there. Don't stay in a five-star hotel. Don't even stay in a hotel, book a weekend trip to another state, book a weekend trip to a city where you don't know anybody, book an Airbnb, stay yeah. there for a few nights, go to the grocery store by yourself, you know, try a few things like that. And just to slowly make the change. When you go to, when people travel to different countries and they just stay in hotels, they don't get the feel for where they're at, where they mm. are, what, what the culture is like. I always stay in Airbnbs because that way I shop at the local markets. I have coffee where the locals have coffee and you can, you're just immersed in the experience. So I would say to start small with something like that. And then maybe book a trip with your girlfriends, not a significant other, just book a trip, maybe somewhere, you know, you could go to, I don't know, Cozumel or somewhere and just, or, you know, the Virgin Islands, something that's not too far, the Bahamas, try that again, and just kind of like take things as they come. Don't over plan and just start like that before you make a 
a big crazy leap like like I did. Yes, like you and me both. But here's the thing that I learned. And ladies, I really want you to hear this. You you may think to yourself, you know what? Booking a weekend trip somewhere is not going to do anything for me. It's not going to break that stuck feeling that I have inside. It's not going to open my eyes and enlighten me and give me my eat, pray, love moment. No, it's not going to give you all of that. But what it is going to do is it's going to start to help you remember who you are. Yeah. And that was the magical thing for me on this trip that I took was for the first time in such a very, very long time. I was in a place, I was across the world from the people that I take care of, from the people that I work with, from the people that I love. And I only had one person that I was responsible for, for eight days. And it was myself. And for the first time in a very long time, I started to recognize my own voice again. I started to recognize my own desires and my own wants. And there was nobody I had to cook for. I didn't have to ask someone else on the trip. Are you hungry? Where would you like to eat? Oh, you want to go there? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, we can go there. Well, what do we want to do tomorrow? Well, what time do you want? No, it was what I wanted to do. And when I wanted to change my mind, I changed my mind. And when I found something more interesting, I went with it. And I started to develop my voice again and remember what I sounded like when I would speak to myself. And there's power in that. There's magic in that. And it's that's the conditioning that Helen is talking about. Taking these small trips will enable you in those moments to start to hear yourself and recognize yourself so that you can differentiate your voice when all of the noise is around. Helen, you said the same thing, that after you had gone on some of these trips, that it felt like you had found yourself again, that you were in maybe realignment with sort of your value system. You felt like you would re-energized your life. So was there a defining moment in your trip that really brought you into that alignment or to that realization? Or what was an experience that was an aha moment for you? I think once the kids went back, we we left in August of 2017. My daughter went back in December. My son went back in May. And so from May through December, I was by myself. And I think because, you know, when you're a mom and you're always in mom mode. So I was traveling in mom mode. Got to take care of the kids, make sure they're yep. safe, make sure blah, 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 blah. So when they left and when I just landed in Poland, that was the cheapest place to go from Norway, where I had stayed and visited my family a little bit. I just went, I, I took buses and just that, that moment when I was by myself and I, I landed somewhere and I'm like, this is it, you know, I, I'm here. And, and I always wanted to go to Berlin. I took the bus to Berlin and I got to touch the Berlin wall, which is one of my mm. dreams because I wanted to do it. Like if I'd been with someone else, like you said, with the kids, what do you want to eat? I could eat or not eat. I could just go into a vegan restaurant and grab something. I could have coffee whenever I want. I could sit in a coffee shop without worrying about someone else being hungry but just that moment, that freedom of being by yourself and making your own decisions when you have kids or when you have a partner, just being alone for those moments, even like we talked about the weekend is amazing because that's when you feel inside. It is fucking bliss. Fucking bliss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so you've re-energized your life. So tell us where you are today and what Tell us about the walking podcast. I know that you've started your own podcast and I would love to unpack that a little bit because it sounds like such an interesting concept. 
Well, after, you know, as soon as the pandemic started, I stopped teaching spin. I would teach spin, you know, part-time. I stopped training a while ago. Um, I just was teaching spin because it's fun. I get to talk to people and, and not just through the computer. But then um, when the pandemic started, we closed, the gyms were closed. And so it was, I think, December of 2020. I know people have been telling me, oh, I'm frustrated. You know, I can't go anywhere. And I would notice on Facebook, it's like, oh, I can't go to the gym. I'm not motivated. I've gained weight. And I thought, well, why don't I, I don't know how I came up with the idea, but I thought, you know, why don't I put my teaching skills to use? And I like to blabber and talk about stuff in life. <laughs> so why don't I just make a kind of like a walking class, but we also talk about, you know, motivation, self-confidence, body image, talk about all the depression, talk about all this while we're walking. And then, so then um, I put together, I put together my first couple episodes and I asked my cousin who's really, she's really blunt. She's really practical. I adore her. Is this any good or is it crap? And she said, no, it's good. It's good. Cause you don't want to waste time if it's not good. Yeah. So then I just, I just started and I just went on from there because it was just like, um, so I was able to almost like, like I said, like a walking class as a coach walk, but just to, to, but then to talk to people. So they don't have to sit in their cars. So they don't have to, you know, just to listen, but uh, except if you're driving and I say, go faster, you, you may not want to go faster. Make it a ticket. Right. Okay. Sprint for 30 seconds. Don't ignore the light. You know, don't do that when you're driving. I love that. And it's called Walking and Talking with Helen. Yes. I think that is so fantastic. I'm going to try because I have these visions of becoming an exerciser. Mm -hmm. I I am not one. And so, yes, this will be my, this will be my, okay, my first, this will be my small step. To step out and start walking and talking and listening to your walking podcast. I'll let you coach me through it. Yay. And I'll keep you motivated. It's kind of like I'm goofy. It's not like, not kind of like walking with a girlfriend, you know, I'm not formal yeah. stiff. I have a, some of the episodes are interviews, so we're not coaching on the walks, but the solo podcasts are all the solo episodes are all coaching. And some of them have background walking music. So you can like walk to tempo. And I didn't realize not actually walk to one of my walks. I'm like, Oh yeah, this, this is fast. <laughs> this part is fast. It's, <laughs> it's only sound. But if you like skip a beat, then it's not as fast. So I no, can exactly. Ha- I can do half time. You can slow yeah. it down, you know, because if you come to a light and I'm saying speed up, well, you're not going to speed up, right. but it's just, just in general, you can, and you can just listen to the music too, and just kind of follow that. I love it. And I love that. You know, my daughter who is 13 did a program that's called girls on the run. And it sounds like in some respects, it's a little bit similar where they actually teach you lessons about team building and encouragement and courage and strength to try new things. And they teach you a little bit of a lesson and then they, yeah, coach and train you. And the outcome of that, that program is that you run a 5k race at the end of it. So my daughter hadn't run a day in her life, you know, wow. she started that program and now she's done it two years in a row and she just loves it because she loves the camaraderie and, you know, that connectivity that she gets with the other girls, in addition to actually, she is starting to learn to love the physical piece of it. So I think you bring all of that to the table in this podcast. How did you come up with that idea? That's such a clever. I don't really know. Like I just, I thought, I don't, I was just thinking one day and I guess I thought, Hey, what if I do a walk? Because I, my brain works in mysterious ways and things will (laughs) pop into my head. And I, if I, I was telling some today, if I plan things in advance, I'm never going to do it. But if I have the idea and I do it, then it will get done because I just can't, I can't plan. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll lose my motivation on the way. And a lot of us 
suffer with lack of motivation. And the whole trick to getting motivated is to actually not wait for it because it actually never comes. You yeah. start something and the motivation comes. So that. that's one thing I wanted to get across. Just start walking. It doesn't matter. I have some 10 minute walks. Mm-hmm. I have some 40 minute walks. Just, just start walk, start moving, start walking, start traveling, start some, start something and the rest will fall start into place. Something, start something for sure. And, you know, I, I bet that there's a lot of um, listeners out there right now saying, you know, it would be difficult for me to start traveling. Traveling is so expensive. Have you found it to be expensive? And do you have any tips that you can provide on how we can tra- travel on a budget, how we can take this leap? without breaking the bank and making it something that really could work for us. Traveling for me was cheaper than living in the U.S. Wow. An entire year of me living in Airbnbs, just a couple of hotels and bungalows, um, I spent $7,000 in lodging. And my my rent here is $2,800 a month. So that Mm -hmm. that tells you, and that money included, the the $7,000 included utilities and everything. Airfare up until now, and the gas prices have gone up. Actually, airfare overseas is a lot cheaper than it is here. You can fly, I can fly to Thailand for about $700 round trip. Mm, And it's wow. And you can fly, fly was like $49 for me to fly from Oslo to Poland. So if you don't, if you, if you go to Rome in August, July or August, yes, it's going to cost you a lot of money. If you stay in a hotel, it's going to cost you a lot of money. If you go, in the off season up till May after September, it's not going to cost you that much money. Stay in Airbnbs in Europe. It's so much cheaper to stay in Airbnbs than hotels. And I mean, then here and it, because the cleaning fees, everything's a lot more reasonable, but it's, and food overseas, unless of course in Norway it was $50 for two sandwiches. Um, mm. But other than that, you know, food is really cheap. Like in Thailand it's $3 for delicious Thai dinner. Oh, we could do it. Shelby. You can I know. Phuket is I on can. the top of my list. It's on is the it? top of my list. Yeah. Actually, my daughter, Ava, and I have been talking about going because that's one thing that I really want to do. And I love that you were able to take your children with you. And it sounded yeah. like they were on the tail end of high school going into college. Yeah. Um, if I'm interpreting their ages correctly, just based on your story. But my daughters are still in the middle of school. So they're 13 and 16. And I have the opportunity to travel. Yeah. Um, to London near the end of this year. And I was so excited because I thought I could take my kids. I have an aunt that lives in London. She married uh, a British man and they live in, in Hackney. And I was like, I'll take the kids to London. And the girls are hesitant to go because they're afraid to take time out of school. It's my daughter's junior year in high school. And she's coming into this space where it's a really, really critical year for her to get into college and be successful. And so you know, but I think long-term, I would love the opportunity to take them with me. So how old were your kids and how did that work for you? My daughter had graduated that June. And so we went in August, she was 18. My son was probably almost 21 or um, he worked, he does some work for me, or now he does a lot of work for me. He was doing a little bit. So he was a digital nomad along with me. And they were, one of the reasons why I did this is because they both have anxiety and I wanted to to, to show them some good stress, different stress, so that when they came back, they'd experience things. Well, we ended up experiencing things like a volcano warning, but that's not the kind of stress I was anticipating. But um, I wanted them to like, so then when they came back, life would seem easier because they, they'd seen all this stuff. And my son came back and he was like talking to everybody. And, and his aunt said, wow, you know, he's a whole different kid. He's not afraid because he learned to just talk to people and, and get out of his social anxiety. Yeah. Nice. You have to ask for directions. If you're lost, you yeah. have to ask where the next, 
yeah. cheapest form of transportation is or how to find the train. Yeah, that's wonderful. So if you had to say what was your favorite experience, what would you what would you say was your favorite experience and what did you gain from that experience? Oh, there's so many from the trip, from the yes. traveling. Mm-hmm. There's so many favorite experiences. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that going to Auschwitz and Birkenau was a favorite experience, but in some ways it was because I got to see that firsthand. It's so important that we don't lose track of history. And for me, that was amazing. Um, Budapest was just amazing again to see all the mm. history and the old buildings and just the beauty. Everywhere I went, there was so much history and so many things you could learn and things I never even knew about when I went to Cambodia. I didn't know much about the war in Cambodia. I didn't know much about the war in Bosnia. Didn't know much about the war in Kosovo. I learned yeah. when I went. Um, I think my since my sister runs an animal welfare center, one of my favorite parts was teaching puppies how to swim. Oh, <laughs> wow. oh yeah. I took them in the pool and we did, um, we taught them how to swim. So that was one of my favorite, (laughs) favorite experiences. I love that. Wonderful. Yeah. I just, I I think that traveling brings to light so much richness. And I have mentioned that I've traveled a lot. And I think one of the things that I learned and I traveled actually with an international performing group, um, it was a, a global program called up with people out of college. And so I traveled with 130 people from 20 different countries. Coincidentally, we toured the southern tip of Norway, um, spent a few months in Belgium and the Netherlands and spent two and a half months in Japan. We toured 26 U.S. states and two Canadian provinces during that year's time. And we lived with host families the entire year. So I stayed with 76 different families that year. So it was such a rich experience. And I think through it all, I learned so much in I think you really just, here we go. I'm crying. This is my thing. Trinity cusses and I cry. I'm like, what but, is she possibly going <laughs> to cry about? I thought you I were know, going there. I thought the same, but anyway, um, but I just feel like in a world where it just feels like there's so much upheaval and so many political factions and mindsets. And um, I, it just felt like my experience was that we're all people. Yeah. And that's, mm. that's what I learned traveling. For example, like on my, I keep saying my sister's Island, she doesn't own the Island, but where she lives, which is actually not too far from Phuket, you can take a ferry right from I love Phuket it. to Kulanta. So, so you might as well head over there and check it out I'm there. Thai people. So on her Island and general in Thailand, it's usually like 70% Buddhist, 30% Muslim on her Island. It's the opposite. It's 70% Muslim, 30% mm. Buddhist. And what I learned is that they're all Thai first. And then mm. they're so like, we're, we're all like Republican or Democrats first. We're not Americans first. And we should be Americans first. They are Thai first, whatever's best for them as a unit. And then their differences later. And it's, I just learned, I learned so much from people and the people who, you know, who have the least, they don't make a lot of money in the different places I've been. And they're just so happy. They spend time with family. The kids work in the family businesses. Mm. It's all about family. And it's so different from here. You really learn to just it's just amazing. It opens up your eyes to a whole different world. Mm-hmm. You know what I would love? I would love for us to put together a trip for our listeners, a reinvention trip, a trans transformation trip. Wait, I have the idea. Madonna's reinvention tour. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're going to steal the name. Sorry, Madonna. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Madonna. We're way cooler than you are. <laughs> I would love to know if people would be interested in something like that. Yeah, that would be cool. Right? That would be so cool. 
because then yeah. you're kind of, then they're kind of like on their own, but not really. And it's yes. nice to have a little bit of guidance. Like one of my acquaintances, she's going to Bosnia. She lives in, in Poland, but she, I did all, I did all by myself and I spent a lot of time alone, but she actually has connections there. So they're going to take her around. I'm like, oh, that would have been good. <laughs> would have been good to have someone show me this. I don't go all the wrong sure. way on the bus all the time or keep buying sour cream instead of yogurt. You know, it would have been nice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In Japan, the sour cream to yogurt trick is bean paste. Everything that looks chocolate is really bean paste. So that's a real big deception when you think you're getting chocolate and you're really buying bean paste. Yeah, no, I would be so sad. It's like oatmeal, oatmeal, raisin cookies are not chocolate chip cookies. They are not. Exactly. It's the same thing. Exactly. (laughs) Well, what's your next adventure, Helen? don't know yet. I'm working on um, creating some courses for my business. And then I'm just waiting until I can find time to leave again and go somewhere. My sister's in Norway right now. And she asked if I wanted to come um, because she bought a little cabin up there and I'm thinking about it, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. And then I just can't wait to to leave again, you know, wait till my lease is up and take off. It's just, it's so amazing. It's hard when you travel. It's hard. You know that so many different, sometimes I'll get to a city and things will happen. I'm like, I hate this place. And like, by the next day, I'm like, I love this place. There's always Mm -hmm. natural resistance. We all have resistance. You had a resistance, I'm sure, to starting this podcast. So I can't figure it out. Too much tech, blah, blah, blah. But then you did it. As soon as you get over that resistance, you know, there's every single place I land, except for like Norway and Thailand, there's resistance because I've never been there. I don't know how to take the bus. I don't know which taxis to take, but then it's just, you feel so amazing when you've accomplished that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So tell us a little bit about your business and the courses that you're creating. Well, I run a digital marketing and communications agency, which I've had for a very long time. I started in graphic design way back in the late eighties when we used waxers for our layouts. That's not, not for your waxers, for your private parts. I mean, just for your your layouts. (laughs) um, I probably could have rolled it on and pulled it off, but I didn't. I've been doing that a long time. So, but what I'm finding out is that, you know, people who work for themselves, small businesses, coaches, things like that, they, there's a lot of things that they don't know. And for them to try to take the time to figure it out, they may not be oriented, tech oriented or, or how to, you know, how to do something. And I've learned all of that. So I'm trying to create courses so I can teach them how to do their own PR. You know, how mm. to get, how do you do this marketing? I mean, what is, what do you need on your website? Even if someone else creates it, like this is what it should be. So it's search engine friendly. There's so much that they don't know. And I'm good at breaking things down, distilling things, tech things into ways that most people can understand it. So that's, that's where I'm hopefully headed to help people with that. Because yeah, I like doing the design and the marketing, but it's, I can't, I can't see like a tangible result of like uh, helping someone. Yeah. You know, they'll get more clients, but it's, it's a little bit bigger picture. You know, I like to, to actually see the success when somebody lands, a, you know, a gig in a magazine or something. But I love hearing that. And, you know, ladies out there in our audience, we're all a work in progress, right? I love yeah. that you are, sounds Helen, from what I hear you saying that you are just living and learning as you go. <laughs> and the more that you embrace and open your eyes to what the possibilities could be, the more it sounds like you're pulling yourself into alignment with your values to helping people, to seeing a finished output outcome, those things that are tangible to you, you can take pride in having accomplished. And and I heard that is in your stories and traveling. And I hear that now with your business. And so I think that's a great lesson for all of us women to walk away with is you have to sometimes just try it. Just yeah. to your point, take that first baby step and see what happens. And it could be something wonderful 
could not, maybe it's not exactly what you thought it was going to be. And then you just shift directions and you take a new course or different path or, you know, reframe your target here. And so I just love that message as well, that it seems like that's the way that you've been living your life is, is trying to find alignment with those values, whatever. And experiencing new things, you know, because we all know this life that we're living. I mean, you were lucky you traveled a lot. I shouldn't say lucky because, you know, you sacrificed a lot of comforts and living with 70 some different families. I mean, that wasn't easy, but we know what's here. Like I know, I know what, what's a target or what's not a target right now. Right mm-hmm. now. I know I don't watch a lot of TV. It's like, I want to live life. I'm 56. I feel the clock ticking in the back of my mind. I want to fill my life with so many experiences, you know, before my time, I don't want to live the same life over and over and over till the end. I don't want to sit there watching days of our lives and then die in my chair. You know, I, I would rather, you know, die on my sister's island. You know, I mean, I want to do something different. I want to experience more with my life and fill it with good memories. Amen. We are with you. We yeah. are with you. We are family. No. <laughs> right? This is where we have the dance party and yeah, we roll dance. out with the credits. We are family. Boom, 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 um, boom. Helen, you've been such a joy. I love all of your stories and your experiences. And thank you so much for joining us today to, to put yourself out there again and thank you. Thank you. Those stories with us. It's been, and I have some joy. pictures, my Instagram, my one Instagram for travel is midlife crisis traveler with two L's that's, I haven't updated it, but if somebody wants to see my pictures, they can go have a look at some of the places I've been and all the coffee I've had. Oh, <laughs> <love> yeah. <laughs> Coffee is my like happy place yeah. in life. I've been drinking coffee since I was 15. I have a whole ritual around it. When I go to bed at night, it's like the thing I look forward most forward to when I get up in the morning. <laughs> Me too. That's and now awesome. it's cold brew season, you know, cold brew yeah. coffee is my thing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, Helen, so we can find you on Instagram. Where else can our audience find you? Um, let's see. Well, I am on Facebook and then I, um, I'm working on my website, which I haven't gotten there yet, but, um, my website for the podcast is walking and talking.show. Thank you. So Wonderful. Much for being here Thank today. you. This Thank is so you. fun. Thank you guys. And don't forget the girls trip. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. And awesome. we will, you will be the first one we In call. The works. Thank you. Wonderful, Helen. Thank you so much. Thanks Helen. What did you take away from this conversation with Helen? For me, it was definitely starting with the little steps. So slow, small steps will build your confidence. And that's how you get there. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. No, I totally agree that slow, small steps. And I love the idea of just trying something new and not being afraid to do something different. Because you know what? I really think that it's fear that sort of stops us from trying new things like, oh, what if I try this and it doesn't work out? Or, oh, what if I try this and I don't like it? But I love the idea of just putting yourself out there and trying something new. And if you don't like it, stop doing it, right? That's right. But in the the first step, you gain momentum. In the first step, you gain momentum for the second step, which gives you momentum for the third step. And before you know it, you look back and you were doing something completely different and wholly new and you're rocking it. You're getting there. Helen, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your tips with us today. It was a great conversation. We really appreciate your time. So ladies in the middle, we can't wait to hear from you 
and the new things that you are doing. Again, the challenge, leave us a review, ladies. Tell us what new thing that you tried this week. And guess what? We're going to come back together next week again. We can't wait for you to join us in the middle.